Hello and welcome to Double Reel, the monthly podcast magazine for the discerning film nerd. My name's James Adamson and I'm a film nerd with a geeky love of film and obscure stories from the world of cinema and a lot of opinions. Joining me on the podcast, as always, is my co-host, also called James Adamson. Welcome, James. Thank you very much. Let's get into it. Now, we are doing the Penalty Shootout Film Quiz, which is our monthly battle of minds and trivia knowledge. Um, previously, this formed part of the Double Room Monthly episode, but we felt it deserved its own slot in the rotation. Uh, so now we give this pride of place in our uh, monthly installments. And it is a, um, as I say, it's a fiendishly complicated battle uh, between father and son. Um we sort of keep score, and it's 5-0 uh, to James. There have been some draws, but it, I haven't really been getting uh, much headway in this. I'm trying to, to fight my way back in. But to start with, James, uh, why don't you explain the, the format of the quiz? So it's basically penalty shootout. We ask each other questions, um, best of five, and then we go for a sudden death. If we don't have a clear winner, we just call it a draw just to save it going on for hours and hours. Um, we do a sort of coin toss at the start where we do a blind ranking list. So I'll give, I'll give my dad categories and you'll give me categories, and we basically say, uh, rank these five films, uh, without knowing what comes next, and you've got to put them one to five. So you could get, um, The Godfather, and you put that first, and then next you get The Godfather Part Two, and you think, oh, I might have messed up there because you're trying to rank it blindly. Whoever does the best, we mutually agree. Uh, gets a little advantage, they get a kind of clue um, during the actual penalty shootout and they can choose whether they want to go first. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it. The loser has to do a forfeit. Yeah, the, the forfeit that we do is that the, the loser has to watch a film uh, chosen by the winner, which the winner knows the loser is going to hate. Uh, I've watched some very interesting um, <laughs> films as a result of that. Um, what was my forfeit last last month? I thought it was a draw last month, wasn't it? That's right, it was a draw, so I didn't have to watch one. I'm so used to losing that I assume I've had to watch my forfeit film. There you go, I didn't have to watch we, one last month. I had a bit might, of a month off. We might have to tell the listeners, though, that I sent you that fucking Baz Luhrmann project. <laughs> that it's not a Far film. away, far away, whatever that dog shit is, it, yeah. It's, it's basically the, the film Australia made even longer, so that the, talk, the, fucking parts. So that the pain lasts longer. So when that's out... That's six forfeits. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and the, I think it would be funny if you had to watch the first episode and then I had to watch the, the second, second episode, episode. Nobody had no idea what the yeah, fuck was going on. <laughs> even better, even better. Yeah. So at the moment, I have a standing forfeit, which James has never actually... I've never actually had to enforce a forfeit because I haven't bloody won one of these yet. But as and when I ever do win a round of this... Uh, James's forfeit is going to be The Life Aquatic by Steve Zissou, which is a Wes Anderson film, which I know James is going to hate because it contains all the little touches and, and ticks which he finds especially annoying, uh, you know, including a very badly um, special effects shark uh, and a character whose only job is to sit in the background playing David Bowie songs in Spanish on his acoustic guitar. David Bowie know, was a nonce. I know James is going to hate it, so that that's it. I've had to watch, uh, you know, Pokemon 2, an Uwe Boll film, Baz Luhrmann's Australia. Um, Deary me, I've, I have I really need to start winning these. <laughs> so, have you got a forfeit for me this month? Have I made you watch Epic Movie? Uh, no. Well, because I'm not going to make you watch that. I'm going to make you watch the worst one, Disaster Movie. You're going to make me watch that again? <laughs> okay. Oh, so have you already watched that one? Oh, yeah, that's fine. We've we already to, done that one. We went to I see it at the cinema. No, I mean as a forfeit. 
No, I've not. No, it. I've not done it as a forfeit. No. Oh well, disaster movie then. That could be the forfeit. Okay, so um, I'll time check the the little check-in that we did. Okay, so give me one second. Okay, now you can read out my forfeit. So I think I know you famously hated this film. I I didn't hate it as much because I was about. 14 when I saw it and I knew it was just daft but you hated this film and it was a disaster movie oh, fantastic the, okay the spoofy film that takes the piss out of all the films that came out in those years there's some exemplary Oscar worthy performances in that film so yeah they throw it. everything yeah it's brilliant because in the middle of like a, a house party they just decided to do the scene from Wanted where they try and bend the bullet and stuff don't they which is just I they think, just they just threw every joke at it didn't they yeah I think um, Meryl Streep um, plays um, what's his name King Leonidas it's it's quite invigorating isn't that an epic movie <laughs> okay well my, my forfeit is disaster movie for the quiz um, your forfeit is a life aquatic by, uh, with Steve Zissou we'll see whether this has to be in and out we're going to have the blind ranking we're going to have a five question penalty shootout and then one um, sudden death tiebreaker if it's all even after five if we do well and nobody wins no forfeit if we do badly and nobody wins, we both have to do our forfeit if we've performed poorly. Um, but we'll see how it goes. So, do you want to do? Do you want to make me do a blind ranking first, or do you want me to give you a blind ranking first? Uh, I'll go first. So you read out the rankings for me, and I'll give you your second. Okay, I would like you to blindly rank the following actors who played Batman. Okay. So un uninterested in the rest of their body of work, it doesn't matter what they did elsewhere. Just the Batman. What did you think of the way they played Batman? Um, you can look, you can factor in whether you like the film or not, or you can just go whether you thought they were good or bad or whatever as Batman. Your choice, but you've got a blind rank from the following list of Batman actors. Cool. Michael Keaton. Three. Robert Pattinson. Mm. Two. Val Kilmer. Four. Ben Affleck. Five. It's better be fucking Christian Bale than if it's Adam West. I'm going to kick fuck out of you. <laughs> it's Adam West. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> One. <laughs> it's the hipster's choice. It's the hipster's choice. Okay. You can you can try and defend having Adam West won on that list um, uh, later. Obviously, I've done that to try and trap you. That well, was... To be honest, Ben Affleck is the worst one. Who did I put for? Val, Val Kilmer was shit. Yeah. And Michael Keaton wasn't much better. Yeah, Adam, yeah. I suppose you could go with the nostalgia and the, for Adam West, but yeah, if you're yeah. doing that properly, Robert Patterson would be first. Yeah, out of those, yeah. We'll see how it goes. Okay, so give me a list of Blondie rank. Okay. Are you ready for this? I'm ready as I'll ever be. Okay, you need to rank these performances of Tom Hardy. Okay. So, straight in there, number one. Well, my first one, you don't have to put it number one. It's uh, Locke. Have you seen Locke? I haven't seen Locke. Right, so, I'll change it. I'll change it. I'll change no. it. I'll change. No, no, you can't rank a, a a film you haven't seen. All right. Um. Bronson. Don't know what else you've got in here, so I'm going to say three, three just to be safe. Mad Max Fury Road. Hmm. Okay, brilliant film. 
not entirely dependent on his performance as much as I like it. And I know there's other things possibly out there, so I'm going to say two. Because it's his performances I'm ranking here, isn't it? Yeah. The Dark Knight Rises. <clears throat> Four. Okay. Inception. Mm. He's very good. This isn't the, you know... Uh, I'm going to say five because I think he's been good in all of these so far. I'm going to say five because I I, I feel like there's a, a better performance out there. I'm probably going to get tripped up here, but I'm going to say five. Last one is Legend. <laughs> I have to make it one. Okay. I think that's a good list. I think he's excellent in Legend. I think he's excellent in Legend. The film isn't very good, though, but yeah. No, so but he's the only good thing in it. I love Legend. Yeah, I mean, look, it, it takes a lot of skill to play twins as, as, as well as he does, you know. So, so there you go. I'll make it, make it one. Make it one. <laughs> so, all right, call him one. Okay, who did the best blind ranking, though? Oh, you. you. <laughs> okay, I'll take that. I just got. Mine would have been fine if. Adam West wasn't there. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah you, okay. You so you can have to be advantage. Okay. I will. Um, I will ask a question first, and I will preserve my lifeline at some point. Yeah. Yes. So I'd like to. I'd like to ask the first question of you. Okay. Yes. Question one. Question one. Which of the following real films started out as a fictitious trailer included in the Grindhouse double bill? So that is before in, in the first time we ever saw anything like this was one one of the film directors who was mates with Rodriguez and Tarantino offered to do a trailer a made up trailer for, for that film and then later said actually I quite like that I'm going to make a film of it okay which of these happened that way A Tokyo Gore please B Hobo with a shotgun C Nude Nuns with big guns I mean uh I don't I don't think I've seen any of these, so I'm just going to go with Hobo with a shotgun because that's a fucking stinking of a question, and I'm going to go for B. It's the right answer. Woo! Right, my first question is a lot nicer. I don't know why, because clearly you want me to fucking watch that film. <laughs> The Martian was nominated for seven Oscars. Can you name me four of the categories that the the film was nominated for? Okay. How many have I got to name? So there were seven, you've got to name four, and name I'm four. confident you'll get four of them. Best Adapted Screenplay? Yep. Drew Goddard. Yeah, this is what the extend expanded. So, best picture did it make the ten for best picture? Yep, best motion picture of the year: Simon Kinberg, Ridley Scott, Michael Schaefer, Mark Huffman. Now, uh, visual effects. Yep, Richard Stammers, Anders Langlands, Chris Lawrence, and Stephen Warner. And cinematography. No, but I'll uh, give you one more. I'll give you one more because it's a bit much of an ask to. Not have not get one wrong. You get one. You get one. You get. You can. You can answer for five to get four right. So you have one more guess. Okay. So I'm not sure if Ridley did Ridley Scott get another of his uh, best director nominations for this. He hasn't had many as it goes. He was nominated for Thelma and Louise in Gladiator. Um. 
They didn't get cinematography then. Okay. Well, that's harsh because I thought it looked really good. Yeah, that is odd. And I've already said visual effects, haven't I? You said visual effects, best picture, and best adapted screenplay. There's one <coughs> more big one. The other ones are quite hard to get, like the wording of, and mm. the, the three technical ones, basically. But there's okay. one big one that I thought you would have got right away. Yeah, I'm not sure about any of the acting nominations you see. So let me see if let's see what technical ones I think you can get. Uh, is it called sound editing or sound effects editing? I don't know. I think sound effects editing is something else. All right, best sound editing. Yeah, uh, yep, Oliver oh. Tarney. Matt Damon got nominated for best performance by did an he, actor. Did he really? Yeah. I was like, why has he not got that? <laughs> I didn't realise. I didn't think. I didn't think anyone got acting nominations for that. No, it would have only been Matt Damon, sure. But yep, that's yeah. four. I'm okay. happy with that. All right, one one. I have to ask you question two now, yeah? Yes. Okay. Which of the following famous cameo appearances got an actual acting credit in the film? So of the three people I'm going to give you, uh, two of them might be listed in IMDb as having been in the film, but in the actual film's credits, the, the actor doesn't get mentioned as having been in the film, yeah? Right. And the choices are Robert De Niro in American Hustle, Will Ferrell in Wedding Crashes or Tom Cruise in Tropic Thunder? Only one of them actually got a credit at the end of the movie. Say them again, sorry. Robert De Niro in American Hustle. Right. Will Ferrell in Wedding Crashes. Tom Cruise in Tropic Thunder. Only one of those actually got a credit at the end of the movie, regardless of what they, um, you know, whether they're listed anywhere else. Surely Tom Cruise got that. That's mental if he didn't get a nomination. No, not a nomination, but a... Uh... A credit because he's in the film. I didn't even remember uh, Robert De Niro being an American hustle, thankfully, because that film was awful. Um, but Tom Cruise is actively in that film, just in like a small supporting role. So I'm drawn to him right away. The fact that I don't remember Robert De Niro at all from that film makes me think that he you know, wasn't credited. Like, I don't remember him, so I'm going to say he wasn't credited. And the other one was... Will Ferrell in Wedding Crashes. Now, I've not seen Wedding Crashes, I don't think, unless it was a very long time ago. So I'm basically going... I'm going to try and base on the fact that I'm pretty sure Tom Cruise would have got a credit for that. Are you, are you basing this on what you found on, like, IMDb, or...? <clears throat> no, on IMDb, two of these people are listed as uncredited. One of them is listed as credited, and then I actually checked on YouTube the actual end credits of these movies to see who was actually credited and who wasn't. I'm going to have to say that Tom Cruise got a credit for Tropic Thunder. He must have. I've it's, not seen. It is the right answer. Yeah. the the reason that, The reason it's a question is that Tom Cruise was kept really quiet before the movie came out, but he is yeah. credited. I mean, he's 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 dancing over the end credits as well as being mentioned in it. So he's he's, he's yeah. he couldn't be more in the credits, and the other two weren't credited at all. Okay. So that's two one to you. Right. Okay. Can you name me? Four of the top ten highest-grossing Marvel movies. 
Okay. I think I know two straight off. Yeah. And that would be Avengers Endgame. That is number one. And I think Avengers Affinity War is not far behind that. Top two. Avengers Endgame made 2.8 billion. Infinity War made 2.05 billion. So nearly 5 billion from the two films there. Now, are we saying like MCU films? So they have to be an MCU and therefore the you know Tom Holland Spider-Man films don't count because they're Sony? No, no, they're included. Okay. Because he's part of the MCU, I guess. Okay, so because there's this whole middle bit where you've got you've got Captain America: Civil War, you've got the other Avengers films. Um, is this is worldwide or domestic. Worldwide, I'm going by. So it didn't make two billion domestically. No, yeah, that would sure. be incredible. Yeah, that would be madness, wouldn't it? Black Panther. I remember that doing quite well. Black Panther, that's got to be top ten, sure. It is sixth, so we've got to get one more. Okay. I think. Because you had Avengers and Avengers Age of Ultron and Captain America Civil War, they were all quite big. Which ones were the biggest, though? I reckon the first of... First Avengers or Age of Ultron... The first Avengers film, the Avengers, the one, the first kind of, they call it Avengers Assemble over here, that, that, that one. That is fourth with 1.52. So you could have just said the four Avengers films. Really? They are the top, they are four of the top five. Third is Spider-Man No Way Home, which made one. Yeah, I remember that being, I remember that being high. I couldn't remember if it was that high though. Um, so the other one's in the top 10, Avengers Ultron fifth, sixth is Black Panther. This one surprised me. Seventh Iron Man 3. Made one point two billion. Really? Oh, yep. Didn't think. I, I think some, some of the, so Iron Man three grossed more than Captain America Civil War, and Spider Man Far From Home, which is ninth, mm. and finishing the list, Captain Marvel, tenth uh, with oh, one point wow. one three billion. That's wow. a fucking drop off. Yeah, yeah. Mind you, a billion a billion dollars is good for a movie, but you know. No, there I mean go. compared to the compared the to the compared released, to the top yeah. ones, yeah, yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so. That's two each, isn't it? We're both uh, both slot in the way so far. Yep. Okay. Question three: Which of the following films sold the most units in the US on DVD? Oh fucking hell! So to be clear, this is DVD only. So I've basically films from the two thousands before you know Blu-ray came along and before streaming kind of made it really difficult to count how people have sold. Capping uh, it off in like two thousand and six, then. Yeah, basically, not, not, you know, all all of these films were big uh, at the time, and it's. I don't think anyone tracks lifetime sales, so it's really the sales in the kind of two years after they were released on DVD because they kind of stopped counting after a while. Yeah, but that based on a based on a fairly verifiable list: A. Cars, B. Finding Nemo, C. Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, you can't. Um... <laughs> There's, there's no way you can know that like without you knowing it because you've read the fucking like the notes for the question. Now I feel I feel it in my bones that you've put cars in there and that's thrown me off because that is 2006 and that's when people started buying Blu-rays. 
Like that, that's, I distinctly remember us just going to get a Blu-ray, I think at the end of 2006, 2007. I think it was something terrible as well, like Ghost Rider. No, no bit, I think. No, fuck it. I think, I think what had happened was is that <laughs> you just got me a PlayStation 3, which could hold Which Blu-rays. could play Blu-rays, yeah, that's so right. So it was like, oh, fuck it, like, let's let's get that. But the first Blu-rays I owned were terrible. Norbit and Ghost Rider. I don't think I actually had a good one until The Dark Knight. Sorry, this is a pure ADHD tangent there. Um, so, Finding Nemo. That's guff. Cars has thrown me off just because it's so late. And, oh, fuck. Pirates of the Caribbean was massive as well. I feel that would have been more of like a, a cinema one. Oh, I don't know. There are three strong. I'm going to go for Finding Nemo because it's a Pixar 2003 primetime getting a DVD in. I'm going to go for that. It's probably wrong, but that's what I'm going for. Is the right answer. <laughs> Sorry, that's nuts. <laughs> Finding Nemo sold 38.8 million DVDs in America. In America? Oh! And, and, and they, I mean, you're talking about buying them when they first come out, so they're costing $20, $20 um, to buy, oh, like, on the okay. first round. It made, like, it made, like, $600, $700 million on DVD sales. Pirates of the Caribbean sold 33 million units. Which is again that the, the, this this is the kind of grosses that you'd hope for at a box office, and um, cars sold twenty three point one million. That's crazy because back then a DVD would have been about what ten pounds. Yeah, maybe eight pounds, ten eight to ten pounds, and you're telling me that's that's like another three hundred million dollar. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, it's like another it's like another Christ. decent run at the box office. Um, and I mean cars that's in America. Woo! The interesting thing about cars is it also made like six billion dollars in merchandising worldwide just for the toys. That's why they've made so many Cars films, because the yeah. toys sell an absolute bundle. Yeah, there was a guy at work yesterday saying that his um, his partner wanted to get a Cars, uh, like a drivable, you know, one of those small cars that you can get. It's got a mm-hmm. battery in it. Yeah. £300 for one that looks oh, like Lightning McQueen. Oh, my God. Wow. Just get a pedal one. Fuck that. Yeah. Just get them a ball and put them in the garden. Yeah, that's right. Okay, that was your third question. What's mine? Okay. See, we've done that many questions now. It's hard to think maybe am I going to accidentally ask a question that I asked in like episode one or two. Yeah, I know. I'd probably still forget it. I'll probably still get it wrong. Out of the following films directed by David O. Russell, which is the highest rated on IMDb? Now, this might not be his highest rated one, I'm pretty sure it's as high as rated three, though. So, we have Silver Linings Playbook, American Hustle, and The Fighter. Which of these three is the highest rated? Mm. See, my favourite film film of him is his Three Kings. That is his fourth highest rated film on IMDb, but it's... Yeah, you see, I remember American Hustle... It got a lot of attention when it first came out, and then people realised it wasn't very good. So, but then things get so overrated on IMDb. What was it? Uh, uh, Do you say American Hustle, Silver Linings Playbook, and The Fighter? Yeah. So I'll give you the ratings. Yeah. Um, they're, they're sort of in a similar bracket. The Three Kings is actually could have been on this, but that's seven point one. Uh, the three ratings are seven point two, seven point seven, and seven point eight. 
Silver Linings played but won a bunch of Oscars though, didn't it? Well, so did The Fighter. I think The mm. Fighter might have won more Oscars. Or the same amount, at least. Mm. The Fighter won more Oscars than Silver Linings Playbook. I'm not trying to throw you really? off. Really? Silver Linings Playbook won for Best Actress in a Leading Role, and that was it. And I think The Fighter won both the Best Actor in a Supporting and Best Actress in a Supporting Role. Okay. I... I don't think American Hustle's got that higher rating because I think people went off it after a while. It got and some of those numbers are boosted by its first little run where people sort of didn't realise it wasn't very good. So I reckon it's between Silver Linings Playbook and The Fighter. What do I think? Silver Linings Playbook got so much airtime, didn't it? Everyone loved, thought Bradley Cooper was going to win something. Jennifer Lawrence then won something. But the fighter won more. Of course, Christian Bale won support an actor Oscar for um, playing the brother in that, didn't he? Lost yeah, a ton of Leo work. won it for uh, the, the support an actress. And Amy Adams is... It's a fucking coin toss. And it's mental that it's... <clears throat> You know what, I'll tell you, you've you've ruled out American Hustle. That was the 7.2. Mm-hmm. The other two are the ones that are 7.7 and 7.8. So. Yeah. Okay. All right, based on nothing other than The Fighter is a sports film and it's a boxing film and it's got a big kind of um, sort of rousing ending. Do you know what I mean? It's not, you know, Silver Linings Playbook's more of an Oscar film and The Fighter's got a kind of much more kind of triumphant ending. I reckon people have just come out of The Fighter in a better mood because they just saw somebody win the fight. So I'm going to say, oh, am, I, am, I, am I fucking... All right, yep, yep, the fighter. You are correct. Wolf, good question, that. Good question, that. Okay. That's three, three after three questions. Fucking hell. No, I think it's four, three. No, no, I've, you've only asked me... I've only asked you three questions. Did I go first? Oh, I thought you went first. Yeah, yeah, so it's, th- it's three, three. But okay. yeah, this is a high-quality shootout. Okay, your fourth question. Right, okay. The following three actors have all been shown on film playing basketball. Which of them is the worst player in real life? A, Wesley Snipes, who famously played a basketball player in White Men Can't Jump. Right. B, Sigourney Weaver, who has a memorable basketball scene in Alien Resurrection. Or C, George Clooney, who plays basketball in a scene in Out of Sight. Which of them is the worst player? The worst. Oh, for fuck's sake. Um... I don't know why, but for some reason Wesley Snipes is jumping out at me. I don't know if I've seen like an interview with um, like Woody Harrelson maybe saying that he's quite bad. I don't know. I don't know if I'm just making that up. Sigourney Weaver, like, she could be better than George Clooney. Do you know what I mean? She might have played a bit when she was at school, college or whatever. Oh, I don't know. I'm going to go for Wesley Snipes. I don't know why. Is the right answer. Oh! Yeah, so you're right. Famously, Wesley Snipes, he's done two really famous sports movies. And in White Men Can't Jump, he's meant to be the really talented basketball player. But Woody Harrelson's actually much better than him. And they had to kind of film quite carefully to make Wesley Snipes look all right. Because he really wasn't very good. He couldn't, like, hit a jump shot or anything. 
um, <clears throat> similar when he did Major League, this is the whole thing is built around what a great fast runner his character is, and he he runs like an idiot, and they had to film it so carefully. That's why all of his running's in slow motion to make it look cooler in in Major League. Uh, Sigourney <laughs> Weaver um, in Alien Resurrection, she has to to hit a really good basketball shot, like from quite far away with her back to the basket, like one of those things you see in YouTube. And it's to kind of indicate that there might be something superhuman about her because actually she's part alien in that movie. And um, she was able to hit the shot for real because she practiced so hard she threw it. And they all, it almost ruined the take because um, Ron Perlman burst out laughing when she hit the shot so well. Um, so she famously hit an almost impossible shot thrown over her shoulder. She's very proud of that. And George Clooney, ironically, had to play a, a, someone who's really crap at basketball in the prison scene. Like he can't hit anything and he was actually a school champion. Um, and he, the hardest thing was for him to pretend to not be any good. So that's why that's a question. Christ. Okay, so that's that's my fourth. No, that's your fourth. What's my fourth? This is a Martin Scorsese related question. Okay. So let me just get the films up. So out of these... Five Martin Scorsese films. Which is the lowest rated on IMDb? Okay. Taxi Driver. Okay. Raging Bull. The King of Comedy. Casino. And Shutter Island. Hmm. Now they are all very similar in ranking, so hang on, let me just make sure I've got the right one that's the lowest one, so that's that one. Taxi Driver, Raging Bull, King of Comedy, Shutter Island, Casino, you say? Yeah. Okay, I've got the one that's the lowest rated. Now, these are all, I think, three of them are 8.2, one of them's 8.1, and one of them's 7.8. Okay, so I have to put out of my mind what my favourites are because my favourite among those is King of Comedy but not everybody likes it as much as I do. Um, and they're all very close in rating, you say. Can I have a lifeline? Can I use my lifeline here, please? Yes. What would you like? Would you like something like a 50-50 just to kind of rule some of them out? Yeah, just just knock knock however many you think is fair off. Okay, so I will just knock off... The, I think three of them were 8.2, so that one was 8.2. And... What else was 8.2? That one was 8.2. What did I say the other one was? Casino, right, so... Sorry, I've just said what. Well, I've just given one of them away, but... Casino was 8.2. Okay. Um, taxi Driver was 8.2. And what was the other one? Casino 8.2, Taxi Driver was 8.2, and Shutter Island was 8.2. So you are left with um, Raging Bull and the King of Comedy. Okay. So Raging Bull is one of these ones where it's the critics' favourite film. And everyone talks about, you know, great movies, but not always. Oh, that's a hard watch. King of Comedy is... My favourite, but it's such an acerbic film. But then did it get a bit of a renaissance because of the Joker film and all of that sort of thing? 
Uh, but, you know, Raging Bull might be one of those classic films where the people rating it on IMDb, it's such a downer of a film. Maybe they don't like it as much as the critics. Okay, so... Yeah, you see, I've been a bit more... You know, see, Shutter Island's a Leo film, and obviously it's very popular, so I'm probably quite relieved that's been taken out, because I might have wrongly gone for that one. Okay, The King of Comedy. Correct. Ooh. Final round of questions. Oh, it's four each. We're on to the final ones each. Okay. You might actually know this off the top of your head. I'll be able to work it out. I might have given myself another damp script here. Okay. In the film Inception, how many dream levels does the final heist enter? Oh. Now, just to be clear, I know there's theories about whether Leo's dreaming for the whole film or not. Assume that they're all awake when they board the plane. We're only interested in how many dreams they actually go right. in once okay. they start doing the sedating Killian Murphy and going in okay we're not there's no trick about always oh, dream that's another level because they're all dreaming in in the movie right it's only they they get on the plane they start the dream heist by sedating um Killian Murphy how many dream levels do they enter in that final act basically so the first layer is the one where they are famously in the kind of like an urban or like a metropolitan environment and they have trains going down the street and then the the sedative guy, the an the anesthetist, the anesthetist. It's easy for me to see. Is driving them around in the van. So that's level yep. one. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> level two is the hotel. Mm -hmm. Level three is the snow. Mm -hmm. And then there's another level where he goes to the kind of Japanese kind of style building, and he sees Sato like eighty years later. I'm pretty sure I, that's Limbo, isn't it? Um, where he built that entire world with Mal. So, oh, hang on, no. Yes, no. The one in the van, the one in the hotel. They go to the snow. I think that's when he gets. He, that's where Sato gets shot. So then they go down another level to try and keep him alive, where the buildings are all crumbling around them. And then they go to another... I think they go to another one because he jumps off the building, doesn't he? No, he doesn't. Ellen Page jumps off the building so she can wake up. No, what the fuck? I'm going to go for four. Is the right answer. Woo! They overthought that. You have people talking about, like, five levels because oh, yeah, that's, that. that's bullshit. I mean, it, it, it's it's fine to believe that, because you know, the, the, of the inconclusive ending, it's fine to believe that Leo's dreaming in the uh, in the film overall, but that still doesn't mean that's part of the heist. So, yeah, four is, is correct. Okay, so you've scored five out of five on your answers, so I've got to try and get my own perfect score to at least take it to a tiebreaker. Okay. So, Olivia Coleman has been nominated for three Oscars. Can you name two of the films she was nominated for? Okay, so there's the one she won for, obviously, which is the favourite, so she must she was nominated for that because she won. 
Three other nominations. No, two other. Sorry, sorry, two other nominations. And I've got to name all of them or two of them? Just one of them. Just one of the other ones. Uh, what else has she done that the Americans would have taken notice of? There was that Empire of Light or Empire or whatever it's called with um, the Sam Mendes film, but I'm, I didn't get very well received. Maybe they liked her acting in it. Oh, there's that thing where she's... I can't remember the name of it, though. It's about mothers and daughters, but what the hell is it called? Oh, I don't... Uh, um, fuck. Wasn't... That thing with Anthony Hopkins where he's got dementia and he's... Two different people play his daughter because he's maybe hallucinating in one of them. That was... That was her, wasn't it? Her and Rachel Weiss. Now, he won the Oscar for The Father. Did they get any other nominations for that? I'm not sure she did. And if she, if there was another nomination, maybe it was Rachel Weiss. Was it Rachel Weiss? Ah. I just can't... What else did she do? What else did she do in a movie? I literally can't think of another film that she's done. And at least I know the name of that one. I don't know if she was nominated or anything. But I can't think of any other, like, big... Because Tyrannosaur was the one where this, the guy from My Name is Joe, Peter Mullen, she was brilliant in that, but I don't know if the Americans even saw that. I don't... Um, the only one I can think of that would have got awards attention is is The Father, so I'm, I'm going to say that. Correct, best uh, actress. In oh, fucking movie. hell. You're thinking of The Favourite that had Rachel Weisz. Oh, right, I'm, not so I'm totally mixed up in it. There was she was though another the two women played the the daughter in that though didn't it it was the, the whole yeah thing. I think so um, yeah. she was nominated for the lost daughter the lost daughter that was it, the other the lost one you were yeah about. the lost daughter that's right I couldn't remember the name of it all right that's five each we're killing it all Ooh. right tiebreaker and then we'll see okay I've got to ask you my tiebreaker question right Quentin Tarantino is known for playing old hit songs in his films oh Christ. But which of his films has the most recent song on its soundtrack? Now, you don't need to name the song. You just need to guess the film from these three. One of these three films has got the most recent, like, recorded song on the soundtrack. Kill Bill Volume 1, B, The Hateful Eight, or C, Django Unchained. And to be clear, we're talking about an actual song. So not a piece of music, like an it can't be an instrumental piece that he's taken from another film. The song might have featured another film, but it's actually a song where someone gives it a vocal performance on a song that was recorded, and then he uses it in the film. What is the most recent, which film has the most recent ones on it? Okay. And I take it this isn't the one that was like recorded for the film then? It can be, film, it can be songs that recorded from the film if they're actual songs. Like you know, someone, you know, you know, an actual track, a track that you could play on the radio, you know, with a, with a vocal performance on it. Okay, because I know there's Unchained, which is James Brown and Tupac, and Tupac obviously passed away in nineteen ninety seven, ninety six. So that's one of those. Uh, there's probably remixes though in that one, like Ain't No Grave. There's another one in Django called. 100 black coffins um but I, 
just to be clear, because I, I imagine you know, Django's probably got loads of like songs that they kind of edited and like made, which could have been played on the radio, could have been played on Spotify or whatever. But are we counting them? Are we talking about like obviously? Um, Pulp Fiction has that famous song that I can never remember the name of. The Black Eyed Peas ripped off and ruined. Mm-hmm. So I take it it's a song that was released, say, by an artist, and then they just put it in the film kind of thing. Yeah, but it, it can be, it, it could be a song that was like made for the the film, if it you know if if it is a a whole song. So it can be, you know, as long as it's not just an instrumental like an Ennio Morricone kind of like musical score piece. The only criterion is that it's someone's performing it for the um, and if if they re, if they if someone remixes old you know old music to make a new song that counts as a new as a new song for the purposes of this as long as it's being you know sung or rapped by somebody you know in a like you say you could play it on the radio. Well, I think I, I will go for the hateful eight then because I imagine you'll have got someone in, someone daft to. Uh... Record the song. I'll, I'll go for that just because it was the most recent. The correct answer is Django Unchained. What song was it? Uh, the two songs, uh, Freedom and 100 Black Coffins. You said 100 Black Coffins as well. That was actually uh, recorded in 2012 as a song and used in the film. Now, just for absolute clarity, I'm going to go to the soundtrack for The Hateful Eight. So that's an Ennio Morricone from 77. Eternity. 1982, 1982, 1982, uh, 1972, 1972. Yeah, the song's called oh, right. Apple Blossom by the White Stripes, and it's from their album that came out in. It's called Distyle or something, and then and then Tarantino right, okay, used it. I got you. Okay, my final question. I actually have a chance. I actually have to, a chance to win on the tiebreak here. Ooh, this is a Henry Cavill related uh, question. Okay. So, from these three films, which of them has the highest rating on IMDb? Okay. We have Mission Impossible Fallout, Stardust, and Zack Snyder's Justice League. Oh, now... Now, what am I thinking? Zack Snyder's Justice League got a lot of support from the fans when it came out. You mean the the, the, the Snyder cut, right? Just Zack Snyder's Justice League. Oh. Not the Snyder cut. Oh. Now, see, I don't reckon that's got... See, I reckon the Snyder cut on its own has got good reviews. And, and if IMDb has rolled in all the fans' ratings of Justice League after that cut came out, maybe that's boosted those ratings. Stardust is the one that's throwing me off because that Just, was an so, early one, wasn't it? I think this is the yeah the re-release of Zack Snyder's Justice League is the director's cut, the one that released in like four chapters. Mm-hmm. That one, and yeah. then Mission Impossible Fallout, and finally Stardust. Okay. 
Stardust, I reckon it's got good reviews, but I don't think it's got... I reckon it's between Fallout and Justice League, and it comes down to how much fan support was reflected on IMDb after that came out. I bet they're big fans of it. Up against probably Fallout. the best Mission Impossible film that they've had recently. Yeah, I've... Okay, I can only go with with Fallout because I I I think it's the better film out of those two, and I'll probably get hit by the fans here. But yeah, Fallout. Final answer. Yep. So Stardust had seven point six mm-hmm. out of ten. Zack Snyder's Justice League had seven point nine out of ten. Mm-hmm. Mission Impossible Fallout had seven point seven. Oh. Oh. All is even after the tiebreaker. Fucking hell. Oh, no. Uh... alright well played James the score remains 5-0 to you after another high quality quiz uh, I think we both did so well there you can't ask either of us to do our forfeits um, I remain miles behind because of poor performance previously in the year um, I'll just have to try and claim it back in the new year but well played and thank you for joining us for this quiz Thank you for listening to the latest penalty shootout film quiz brought to you by Double Reel. The score remains 5-0 to James after that tense, high-quality contest. He really doesn't want to watch that Wes Anderson film. Thanks to my co-host James Adamson. Thanks also to Podbean for hosting and Audacity for editing. We are grateful for their continued support. The music was Mistake the Getaway by Kevin MacLeod. The first part of this month's issue, Double Reel Monthly, is available to download now with news, new releases, reviews of new films, and the final entries in our Nick Cage and David Cronenberg projects. In a few days we will deliver the next part, which is our Ridley Scott-themed features, including classic Thelma and Louise and hidden gem The Duelists. The one that got away is Stanley Kubrick's Napoleon, and our remake Hate Watch is Exodus Gods and Kings. Until next time, stay safe, watch lots of films, and may your life be as awesome as you pretend it is on social media. <laughs>